Traditional Chinese medicine is an ancient practice making waves in the modern health era, addressing mind, body and soul as one unit TCM aims to connect the human with the being on multiple levels. Health shouldn't be elusive or inaccessible, a notion that this ancient practice adheres to. Our products at Your Tea are merely a stepping stone to this brilliant wellness modality. Hence, we are here to honour and discover the intricacies of revered traditional Chinese medicine. In our podcast, we discuss the Chinese medicine approach and interpretation of health what it means, and how TCM endeavours to achieve it. From endometriosis to digestion, qi to shen, PCOS to menopause, eating to movement, and mind to soul. It is said that an invasion of cold will be of sudden onset, leaving one with potential symptoms such as headaches, chills, aches, and potentially vomiting and diarrhea. Not pleasant to say the slightest. In today's episode, TCM Dr. Lee Smith delves into the pathogenic factor of cold, explaining how one may acquire it, experience, and then aim to reduce it. Stress, emotions, diet, and lifestyle are all contributing factors here. Listen in to see whether your daily regime is contributing to or preventing the invasion of cold. How is cold viewed from a Chinese medicine perspective? Cold in Chinese medicine always shows a a certain quality of lack of function. So when cold enters the body, just like chemistry, there is a required uh, heat for that reaction to occur, so the optimal reaction point. So when we have cold in our body, that uh, reaction point doesn't get met and normally dysfunction and stagnation occurs. Mm, That's a great explanation. What are some common signs and symptoms of cold within the body? If we have cold in our system, uh, often you might experience bloating, uh, gas and indigestion. So the cold has entered the stomach and spleen, maybe even the intestines. If you have cold uh, attacking the kidneys, you might experience frequent urination and cold feet. And if you experience cold in the liver, you might experience... Uh, headaches or irritation as well. Mm, You mentioned a few there, but are there certain organs that can be affected by cold more than others? Absolutely. The stomach and spleen definitely like to keep warm. So if you are adding lots of cold foods, that's going to make them very upset. And Mm. you will need to make sure that you're cooking your foods well, making them warm. And the reason for this is when it's cold in your uh, in your digestion, uh, when it's sitting in your stomach, the cold is going to inhibit your body to release stomach acid, and then you're not going to digest the food, and it's going to cause a big cascade of cold and dampness throughout your system. Following on from that, how does diet contribute towards coldness? Diet is a big one for coldness, and that would be if we're eating raw foods with a weak digestion. So that means we don't have enough strength to break down the food and it's we're not going to break it down efficiently so when not only are we going to not get nutrients from it but it will cause damage for us so if we do have weak digestion already we want to make sure that's already broken down which our stomach does for us 
so that we can get maximum nutrition and eliminate any chance of dampness. And how can stress and our emotions contribute towards coldness? Coldness, it would be once you experience a lot of stress into the point where you can't get stressed anymore, and this is when people go into a state of shock, they experience coldness in their body. So if you imagine when the candle is either completely run out, uh, it's just not producing any more heat, or something that's shaken it up so much that it's blown the, the, the flame out completely. And mm-hmm. then those kind of emotions would be extreme shock or terror that's caused you to collapse, or prolonged times of overstimulation has caused your system to shut down so it doesn't damage itself further. And how can other lifestyle factors contribute towards coldness? Uh, definitely being exposed to cold foods and not especially if you're living in a cold area it's going to be more stress on your system if you are exposed to cold frequently and your body's not coping to the cold so it's quite popular now with Wim Hof to do cold exposure mm-hmm. but in those methods there's small introduction to it and then their body's adapting and they're feeling warm from the experience versus now people might be wearing a short skirt or a short t-shirt when it's a very cold day and you know that they're freezing the whole day. And what's happening is that cold is making, you know, you might get completely cold arms or legs that whole day. And what's happening is that cold's congesting the lymph and the blood and it's slowing the chemical reactions. So even the muscles and everything have got to work harder. But if you have the strength and your body still feels warm, it's not going to be an issue. But if you are feeling cold, it's going to be draining your system. And would you say exercise or lack thereof can impact coldness as well? Yeah, absolutely. Exercise is known to increase body temperature, uh, core body temperature. So if you're not moving, um, you're not stimulating your yang energy, and that's definitely going to be causing more cold in your system and stagnation. What are some different variations of cold? So there is wind cold and... Uh, there is also cold damp. Wind cold happens during autumn and winter, and this is when the wind harbors pathogens similar to the common flu, and you often will see cold symptoms uh, which exhibit normally clear mucus when it's cold. If it was a heat, it would be yellow or thick mucus. Uh, you would experience chills because you also got the cold in your system and you would also experience yeah tightening of the skin goosebumps and inability to sweat so when you experience cold damp it's normally the combination of uh, moistness and the cold environment so that might be if you get tinea um, that's a very common cold damp condition um, or you could develop leucorrhea, which is uh, another common cold damp condition. And normally these are always white. Um, they're always a bit clammy and sweaty. And uh, yeah, generally they're in the cold and damp environments. If cold is not a part of your constitutional weakness, how may one acquire it? For example, as you touched on before, eating lots of salads and smoothies and raw foods. Yeah, it definitely can be acquired in a lifetime um, or just 
if our constitution's not strong enough to fend off the invasion of cold or uh, wind cold or wind or damp cold, if you're eating yeah regularly smoothies with ice or ice cream, these are all going to be causing your system to work harder. And if your system's not strong enough, it won't get to that threshold where it reaches the right temperature to digest it. And you'll eventually get cold and under-functioning system, and they'll lead to cold or cold damp in your system. Um, if you are exposed to, you know, areas that are very moist and like a wet, cold environment where there's mold or foreign bacteria, or you, you know, treading in cold rivers that are stagnant, um, you might pick up fungal infections there. So there are a lot of the environmental factors for cold. Aside from factors such as diet. How else can we reduce the amount of cold in our body? We can make sure that we're moving regularly. So that's going to increase our core body temperature. We can get a healthy amount of sun exposure if we are lucky enough to get it. We can make sure that we're eating well-cooked foods. If your digestion can handle it, adding some nice gentle warming spices like ginger or garlic or cardamom fennel, uh, rosemary, these are all going to be nice and warming, making sure you're doing lots of slow-cooked stews or soups, and making sure that you stay warm and keep your body warm. Doing plenty of foot soaks are always great to keep your body warm. Mm. Thank you so much, Lee. This episode has been so helpful, and we look forward to the next. Great. Thank you. so much for listening to another episode of TCM Honoured by Your Tea. The views expressed on today's episode are those of the independent authors and commentators and do not constitute medical or pharmaceutical advice. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a review and subscribing. If you have any questions, you can reach us on Instagram at Your Tea or by emailing us at hello at your tea.com.